So I remember when I was about 16 years old and I was going uh, to a youth conference from Manitoba to Saskatchewan and I was driving there all by myself. It was February, uh, it was uh, middle of winter, uh, there was lots of snow uh, and I remember just being in my car, uh, driving and uh, daydreaming and then as I'm daydreaming it turned into real dreaming and I fell asleep uh, at the wheel, and and uh, I remember waking up abruptly as the vehicle ventured off uh, the highway into the ditch, uh, and luckily it's Saskatchewan, and so there's not a whole lot around you, uh, and so I just went head first right into uh, this, this ditch full of snow, woke up abruptly as I'm plowing my way through the snow going 100 kilometers an hour, uh, only to only to be startled and awake and not knowing what to do as a 16-year-old, and the car shut down and it wasn't starting. I was stuck. I was snow up to the door. Um, I was helpless and I didn't know what to do. And I remember being in the ditch and just seeing vehicle after vehicle pass me by. One after another passing me by. And this is the days before cell phones. I, I couldn't grab my cell phone and phone somebody. Uh, I was stuck and I was dependent on somebody to come and help me. And so I'm stuck there watching vehicles pass. Uh, by eventually one vehicle, uh, after I'd been there for quite a while, had stopped and asked if they could help. Uh, and so they had gone into a, 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 a town that was close and had a tow truck come and get me out. Uh, but later on I learned my dad was a uh, trucker. Uh, he drove truck for a living. And he was talking to one of his co-workers. And the co-worker said to him, Hey Wes, I saw your son in the ditch in the middle of Saskatchewan. Is he okay? And my dad said, you didn't stop to help him? I just, <laughs> he's like, no, just passed him right by. Well, there's a story in Mark chapter six, uh, starting in verse 45, where the disciples are on a boat and they are uh, in the middle of a storm. In, it's the middle of the night. They're by themselves. Jesus isn't with them. Uh, Jesus had stayed on land. He was praying uh, and they had spent the whole night wrestling the waves in the dark uh, not being able to cross the sea. And the, the text says that in the this is the fourth watch of the night, so it was between three and six in the morning, uh, that they were wrestling with these waves. And then the text says this interesting thing. It says that Jesus came, uh, he was walking on the water, and it says he was about to pass them by. He was about to pass them by. Now that seems awfully inconsiderate. In fact, it gives me flashbacks to that moment being in the ditch, uh, wondering why all these vehicles were just passing me by and nobody cared to help. But if you actually dig into the text, that's not what it's saying. It's, it's not saying that Jesus is like uh, this, uh, this person that sees the disciples in trouble and doesn't care and is just going to keep going. Uh, it's actually a reference to other stories in the biblical story, in the Old Testament. Uh, and the first one being in Exodus 33. In Exodus 33, we have Moses. And Moses had gone up and down Mount Sinai multiple times to meet with God. Uh, he was lead, trying to lead the people through the wilderness season when they left Egypt, and now they're in the wilderness for years. And he keeps going up and down, meeting with God. And finally, in Exodus 33, uh, Moses is frustrated because uh, they'd been in the wilderness a long time. The people were looking to him for leadership. And uh, the Lord had promised that he was going to lead them out of this place. And Moses begs the Lord. He says, if your presence will not go with us, don't send us. 
We only want to be where your presence is. And so Moses, at that point, after he says it, goes up to the top of the mountain because the Lord tells him that he's about to pass by. And so uh, Moses hides in the cleft uh, between these rocks and the Lord passes him by and he sees a glimpse of God in a way that he's never seen him before. And it's not that Moses had an encounter with God before. He encountered many times, but there was something unique and different about this encounter that God used to encourage Moses at this time in the story. So the second story where we see this phrase uh, that God was about to pass by is in 1 Kings 19. And it's a story about Elijah the prophet. And Elijah just finished coming off this ultra-spiritual high where uh, he had had this battle of the gods and he, he has this competition uh, basically with the prophets of Baal and himself, uh, seeing which god would light uh, the bowl on fire. They had two different bowls. And the prophets of Baal, they cry out uh, all day long, and they're screaming out, crying out. Uh, you know, Baal come and set this thing on fire. They even start cutting themselves, and nothing happens. And Elijah, in this cocky move, basically takes these jugs of water, pours it on the, on the bowl, prays to God, and God lights the thing on fire. And, and so Yahweh, the God of the, the Jewish people, wins the battle. Uh, the Jews turn their hearts towards God. He slaughters the prophets of Baal, and victory is his. Well, there was uh, this pagan queen at the time, Jezebel, who heard about this, and she, she sent word to Elijah that said, you're going to end up like those prophets. So Elijah runs, scared for his life. It says he ran away. He prays to God. God, take my life from me. He hits like this pit of depression. And and God tells him as he's lying there, uh, moaning and depressed, he says, get up and eat. Uh, you need some energy. And so uh, so Elijah gets up and eats a couple times, and then he goes to Mount Horeb, which is, uh, which is actually Mount Sinai, the same mountain that Moses encountered God at. So Elijah climbs up this mountain, and... He goes into this cave. He's isolated. He's all by himself. He's feeling sorry for himself. He thinks he's the only prophet left. He thinks he's all all alone, that God has left him all alone. And God says to Elijah, go to the mouth of the cave because I'm about to pass by. Now, what we have to recognize is that God was already meeting and talking to Moses and Elijah. They were having regular conversations with God. So it's not like God was absent. God was present. God was meeting with them regularly. But there was something unique about this moment for Moses and for Elijah where God says there's something unique, there's something different that's about to happen. Go to the mouth of the cave. I'm about to pass by. And so Elijah goes to the mouth of the cave and it says the wind came and the rocks were falling off the mountain, but the Lord was not in the wind. And then it says uh, that the earth, an earthquake came, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. Then fire came, but the Lord was not in the fire. And then there was a gentle whisper and the Lord spoke to Elijah in a new, unique way in the whisper. So back to Mark chapter 6. We have the disciples in the boat, fourth watch of the night between 3 and 6 in the morning, uh, waiting for dawn to come. And Jesus comes walking on the water. And if you remember, uh, when we've looked at the symbolism of water and the importance of of what that means, uh, that the sea represented this place of chaos, this place of evil, and now Jesus comes above it, on top of it, uh, symbolizing his power over it, his victory over it. And the disciples see him, 
and they're terrified because they think he's a ghost and they, they, they call out then and Jesus says, don't be terrified, uh, it is I. And that phrase, it is I, in the Greek is, are the words ego, ego eimi, which means I am. And where does that name come from? That name comes from the Moses story in Exodus chapter 3 where God reveals his name to Moses and Moses is asking, who should I say, who should I say sending me? And, and uh, God says, tell them I am sent you. That's the name of God, that God is life itself. And so Jesus responds as the one walking on the water saying, I am God. What he was really intending to do, and the Greek is clear that he was intending to pass them by, uh, was not to save them, but to give them a glimpse of his glory, to give them a revelation of who he was in the midst of their struggle. And I think sometimes it's, it's, it's comforting to know that God is with us. God was with Moses. God was with Elijah. In, in the earlier parts of Mark, God was with the disciples in the first storm in the boat. But sometimes we also need a glimpse of God's glory and majesty that is beyond uh, the way that we know him today. And God passes us by. God shows us something. He reveals something to us. And if we fast forward, uh, actually, in the, in the New Testament to Paul, in 2 Corinthians, he's referencing the Moses story, and he's saying, uh, we with unveiled faces, when we contemplate the Lord's glory, are being transformed into his image. Well, right in Exodus 33, after Moses has this encounter with I am, with God, he comes down the mountain and his face is glowing and the Jewish people can't even look at him. He has to put a veil over his face. What Paul is saying is when we worship God, when we focus on God, when we turn our hearts towards him, no matter our circumstances, no matter what's going on in our world, uh, this is what worship is, giving our attention and our energy and our focus to him no matter what we actually become transformed into his likeness. We become what we behold. And so Sunwas, I don't know if you relate um, to Elijah in the cave and you feel isolated. Maybe you feel anxious. Maybe you feel depressed. You feel alone. Or maybe you relate to Moses who felt the pressure as this leader to make decisions. And maybe you're feeling that in your family or your workplace. Um, you got to navigate this chaotic world right now and don't really know where to go. Maybe you can uh, resonate with the disciples who are struggling in the middle of the night, just waiting for dawn to break and not knowing when this is going to let up. But I believe that the Lord is about to pass by. And I believe that God is calling us to actually set our eyes on him, to worship him, regardless of which cave, which storm, what challenge you might be facing. And I believe that when we worship in the midst of suffering, particularly in the midst of suffering and the unknown, we expedite the transformation in our lives to become like Jesus. And so may you in your cave, in your mountain, in your boat, in your struggle, worship Jesus. May you set your eyes towards him. May you spend your energy thinking about him, beholding his beauty, his glory, his majesty. And I pray that he would reveal something to you in this time, uh, that you would come to know him in a way that you never have before. He knows just what you need, when you need it. The Lord is about to pass by. Amen.